Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Catch, Hook, and Shoot. This is the weekend of August 26th. Uh, hope everybody's having a good uh, good week, and hope everybody's enjoying the show. Hope you're checking it out on uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, and Podbean. Hope everybody's following us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, all the social media sites. Just search Catch, Hook, Shoot. You'll be able to find the show. And, uh, yeah, one, uh, one week removed from SummerSlam and NXT, a lot of, a lot of stuff going on. Looks like, uh, some new storylines getting set up, uh, heading into the next big pay-per-view, which is going to be Survivor Series coming up in November. And, uh, yeah, so let's, uh, let's kick it right off here. First of all, with, uh, NXT TakeOver, uh, I'm going to make, try to make this pretty quick today because I've got, uh, something special coming up a little bit, a uh, little bit later, uh, had one of one of my buddies come over for SummerSlam last weekend. We recorded some uh, some content for the show, just having some fun, going through some of our uh, all-time top five lists and a uh, bunch of different categories. And uh, yeah, like I said, just uh, just had some fun doing it. Hopefully, you guys have fun uh, listening to it and you enjoy. And uh, as always, you know, make sure leave uh, questions, comments. What do you guys think of uh, our lists and things like that? And as always, feel free to email the uh, email the show at catchhookshoot at gmail.com. And uh, so, again, let's jump right in. NXT TakeOver results here. Uh, I've got a new North American champion in Ricochet. Fantastic match with him and Adam Cole. Um, yeah, just tore the house down on that one. Uh, new women's champion in Kyrie Sane. Uh, defeated Shayna Baszler, uh, but you know Baszler still, of course, came out looking very strong in the match. It was uh, the way that the match ended. Basically, it was uh, Shayna Baszler's own momentum that kind of allowed Kyrie Sane to roll her up into the pin um, while she had her in the uh, the chokehold. So you know Baszler, she lost the title, but uh, you know still came out looking very strong. Uh, looking forward to seeing where the NXT Women's Division is going to go from here. So. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely going to get uh, interesting in NXT. Uh, Velveteen Dream came out on top against EC3. Uh, something really cool with that match, though. Uh, Dream had the words "Call me up, Vince" on the back of his uh, back of his tights. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. There, of course, there have been rumors going around that he is going to get called up to either Raw or SmackDown, uh, and apparently, he did that without. Uh, prior knowledge of management which you know it's definitely a definitely a ballsy move on his part and i think it's you know gonna work in his favor a lot of times you know taking a chance like that it can backfire on you but i think uh, in this case it's definitely gonna work in his favor would not be surprised to see him get called up uh sometime in the near future um of course the uh, match of the night uh johnny gargano and tommaso Champa, last man standing for the NXT title. Uh, I was actually really surprised at the outcome of this one. I fully expected Gargano to come out with the title. Of course, that wasn't the case. Um, uh, Champa was able to get to his feet before Gar- Gargano at the end of the match and uh, held on to the title. Um, yeah, this has, of course, been the main event of the third straight NXT TakeOver. These two guys did not disappoint. Um, you know, once again, match of the night, in my opinion, match of the weekend. Um, you know, definitely stole stole the show, stole the weekend in my opinion. Um, you know, gotta wonder is the is this the end of that rivalry or are they gonna try to carry it out more? Uh, I mean, you know, the three matches that they've had, they've all been a gimmick match of some sort. Of course, we had an unsanctioned match, then we had a street fight, then the uh, the last man standing match. Uh, yet to see just a straight up wrestling match with these guys, which I would I would love to see. I mean, I'd love to see them carry it out to one more takeover. 
um, you know, and, you know, make this one just a straight up, you know, straight up wrestling match, maybe like a two out of three falls, just go real old school with it, um, which is the kind of rivalry that this is, um, you know, just make it a two out of three falls, straight up wrestling match and, uh, you know, make that your, uh, your big blow off. I mean, they could even put that on regular NXT TV on the network and just let that match take the full, full length of the show, you know, let, let these guys go in there and go for an hour two out of three falls that, um, you know, definitely would be a throwback. And, uh, I think it'd be entertaining as all hell. So, you know, we'll have to see where they, where they go from there. Of course, I'm sure Alistair Black is going to be coming back, uh, as soon as he possibly can, he'll be back in the mix for the NXT title, uh, unless they move him straight to the main roster when he comes back, kind of what they did with, uh, Drew McIntyre after, uh, you know, of course, after he lost the NXT title, he was injured. He was out for a few months. And when he came back, he was on, on raw. So wouldn't be surprised to see the same thing happen with Aleister Black, but I would definitely like to see him back in NXT just to get some, you know, some closure on the, the title situation with him. But, who knows how that how that's gonna go? And uh, also got to mention the uh, NXT Tag Team Title match with Undisputed Era and Mustache Mountain. Just a, a phenomenal match to open the show. And uh, I mean, these two teams are just amazing together in the ring. Uh, the chemistry on both sides is fantastic. And uh, I, I would love to see these guys have a good long uh, rivalry over the NXT title. So hopefully they'll they'll let that one play out. Uh, and of course. WWE introduced the uh, NXT UK Women's Championship this week. Posted a picture of the belt online. Uh, it's, a, it's a nice looking belt. It's got the white strap like the uh, uh, Raw and SmackDown women's titles. Uh, the center plate kind of re, uh, resembles Pete Dunne's uh, WWE UK Championship. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see the uh, NXT UK. Hopefully they'll be uh, put putting that up on the uh, on the network. I know they're doing TV tapings and things like that, so I'm definitely excited to see that. Uh, yeah, so moving on to uh, SummerSlam. Of course, we got a new Intercontinental Champion, Seth Rollins, defeated uh, Dolph Ziggler. Uh, of course, had Dean Ambrose in his corner. Um, this one, to me, was the match of the night for SummerSlam. Uh, it, was, it was the opener, and it just made it, uh, I think it made it really hard for anybody to follow after that but of course you know there were some other fantastic matches on that show i just uh in my opinion this is the one that stole stole the show right off the bat right out of the right out of the gate um of course miz defeated daniel bryan with a little bit of help from maurice and a set of brass knuckles that she handed him towards the end of the match um you know this one definitely not over uh carried over into uh smackdown but we'll get into that a little bit later uh, Finn Balor did come out as the demon, as I uh, kind of predicted last week. Defeated Baron Corbin in less than two minutes. Um, you know, I, I I like the way that they're using the demon on the main roster. He's not coming out every single pay per view as the demon. It's uh, you know being used as kind of you know a special special thing for him. Um, you know when he when he really kind of has his back against the wall, which was the case with Corbin uh, constantly trying to screw him over and things like that. Uh, so. And of course, Corbin had to come out and complain on Raw. I, you know, I thought I was wrestling Finn Balor, not the Demon. So I, I like where they're going with this storyline, um, and looks like it's going to probably continue for at least a little bit longer. So I'm interested to see where this is going to go. Um, of course, AJ Styles and Samoa Joe, as I, I don't think it was a surprise to anybody, had a phenomenal match. Um, Samoa Joe won by disqualification. Uh, of course, started running his mouth to AJ's family. AJ. Kind of lost it, snapped a little bit, attacked Joe with a chair, 
and then ending the match in a DQ. Uh, and again, as I said with this one, I think this is just the start to their rivalry, kind of like the uh, AJ and Nakamura match at WrestleMania was just the beginning of their rivalry, and it, it built from there. Uh, I think the same thing's going to happen with Joe. I, I still stand by what I said, that Joe is eventually going to win the championship. I know I predicted he would win the title at SummerSlam. It wasn't the case. He won the match, but not the title. Uh, but I do see Samoa Joe as a WWE champion sooner rather than later. Um, so I, I'm just guessing that this uh, rivalry is going to be stretched out over at least two or three pay-per-views. So possibly possibly all the way to Survivor Series wouldn't surprise me. We all know AJ and, and Joe can put on some of, some of the best matches you're ever going to see. Uh, as far as SmackDown Women's Championship, Charlotte came out victorious. I know I predicted Becky Lynch for this one. Uh, but uh, kind of surprising, we saw a Becky Lynch heel turn. Uh, after the match, attacked Charlotte, and you know they're kind of going the route of uh, uh, the you know it's my time, it's my turn, I'm getting screwed over, you know kind of kind of the sore loser route uh, with Becky. I'm not sure how well it's going to work because the fans just they they love Becky Lynch, they want to they want to see her uh, win, and they're you know they're behind her a hundred percent. So not sure if the Becky heel angle is going to take with the fans. I'm not sure if she's going to get booed, but again, a rivalry with her and Charlotte really can't go wrong. Um, I think Charlotte's a more natural heel, so it wouldn't surprise me to see them kind of switch that up uh, at some point and Charlotte become the heel in this rivalry, uh, but we'll have to wait and see how that one plays out. Uh, on the Raw side of the women's division, of course, Ronda Rousey is the new Raw women's champion. Uh, just pretty much dominated Alexa Bliss. And, uh, you know, not really a surprise there. Uh, and, uh, uh, fans seem to love it. I think they're they're going to accept her as the Raw Women's Champion. Uh, and we'll have to see how this one plays out, especially after what happened on Raw on Monday night. But we'll get to that in a little bit. And, of course, in the main event of the, uh, of the show for SummerSlam, we saw Roman Reigns come away finally with the Universal Championship, defeating Brock Lesnar. Uh, now, interesting thing in this match was Braun Strowman coming out right at the beginning and saying he was going to cash in on the winner when the match was over. Um, I actually think this was a smart move on the part of WWE to keep the fans kind of keep the fans interested, keep the and more importantly prevent them from trying to take over the show and overshadow the match uh, to keep them in the arena. Frankly, because uh, you know I think. That kind of grabbed the fans' attention, and because uh, I honestly believe, had they not done something like this uh, with Reigns and Lesnar being the main event, you would have seen fans leaving. You would have heard a lot more chants than you did. I mean, you know, of course, you heard some. You heard that you both suck and that kind of thing. I think it would have been a lot, a lot worse had Strowman not come out and done that. Of course, he didn't get the chance to cash in. Uh, uh, Lesnar beat him down and threw the briefcase all the way back to the uh, to the entryway in the middle of the match. So it wasn't a, wasn't a hundred percent clean victory for Roman. Um, you know, which of course I'm sure that was by design to keep Brock looking strong with the, the distraction from, uh, from Strowman. But, uh, Roman Reigns is the new universal champion, love him or hate him. Uh, that's the way it is. Of course, now moving on to raw Monday night, going back to the women's division, Stephanie McMahon, uh, came out to the ring, had all of the female superstars uh, around the ring, called Ronda Rousey out to basically present her with the title, more or less. And, you know, Ronda got right in her face, saying, you know what, I, you're trying to put yourself 
above all the rest of these women. You're trying to put me above all the rest of these women. That's not what it's all about. That kind of thing. I, you know, Ronda's promo skills are definitely coming along. Um, then we saw Ronda, you know, grab Stephanie, put her in the armbar once again, which, uh, uh, of course, was supported by all of the uh, the babyface superstars, and Stephanie was helped out by helped to the back by all the heel superstars. So I, I'm thinking they're they're going kind of along the lines of a Stone Cold Mr. McMahon route with Ronda Rousey and Stephanie McMahon. So this I think is gonna gonna be a lot of fun to watch it play out uh, on on this side of it. I, I don't think it's gonna be like a shot for shot replay of it because that just it wouldn't work. Um, you know, Ronda Rousey's not the same type of superstar as Stone Cold, but I'm saying that's the the angle they it looks like they're gonna pursue with it, uh, and I'm I'm definitely definitely looking forward to watching it play out. Um, and then of course that resulted in Kurt Angle being sent on quote unquote vacation by Stephanie McMahon, saying that he can't keep the superstars under control and things like that. Now the rumor circulating is that uh, Angle is taking time off to train and get back into ring shape for a return to the ring so um if that's the case you know i'd I'd definitely be curious to see how that plays out um and i would think you know the match he'd be put into the most logical thing would be with baron corbin for control of raw or something along those lines um you know corbin has definitely come along a very long way since being moved over to Raw and since being given the uh, the role of the constable, uh, kind of Stephanie McMahon's representative, so to speak, and, uh, you know, just changed up his image, changed up his look, and he's, you know, definitely moving into the more high-profile uh, picture. And I think a, uh, a program with Kurt Angle would just elevate him that much more. So we'll have to see again how this one plays out, but I'm definitely excited to see Angle get back in the ring if that that rumor is true, that that's why he's taking the time off. So uh, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And, of course, the uh, the big news from Raw, we saw a uh, reunion of The Shield. Braun Strowman had come out and said he planned on cashing in on Roman Reigns on Monday. Uh, Reigns was in the ring. Strowman came down and, uh, of course, we heard all heard the familiar Shield music hit and... Ambrose and Rollins came out in their full Shield gear and just beat down Braun Strowman. It, uh, you know, I I really like this. It looks like they're taking the Shield back to uh, being heels, um, but of course I think they're they're going to be those uh, those cool heels that people are still going to cheer. And I think I think this is what Roman Reigns needs right now as a champion. Um, he's going to end up being a heel champion, like it or not. Um, you know, putting him back with Ambrose and Rollins to kind of protect the title and, uh, you know, help him keep the title when he needs it, things like that. I, uh, kind of, kind of along the, uh, same, same idea as the four horsemen or really any other faction where you've got the, uh, the world champion as the, the leader of the faction, the, the rest of the guys are there to keep that title on him. So I really think, uh, I really think that works. I think it was a great, great idea to pull the trigger on that so quickly after uh, Ambrose came back. Uh, and another one I'm really excited to watch play out. It's going to be basically Braun Strowman against the Shield. Uh, and I think at some point you you are going to see Braun Strowman as a Universal Champion, but this is one that they could uh, play out for, I would say, at least a good couple of months. So have to see where they go with this one. Moving on to SmackDown, of course, we've got new 
uh, SmackDown Tag Team Champions in the New Day. Now, they did lose their tag team title match at SummerSlam, but apparently at SummerSlam, uh, Eric Rowan was injured, um, suffered a torn bicep, so on SmackDown, it was the, uh, the rematch, and the titles were uh, dropped to the New Day, so apparently Eric Rowan's going to be out for a little while. Get, uh, letting that injury heal up. Hopefully he's back sooner rather than later. I think the Bludgeon Brothers were on uh, just a really good roll. Um, they were getting over with the crowd, and they're just a, a great, great tag team. They don't, uh, you know, they don't have to say a whole lot. They're, they're, you know, a couple of those guys that just kind of let their action speak for them. Uh, they do cut pretty good promos. It works for the characters that they have. So hopefully it's not. Uh, you know, hopefully Rowan's not going to be out too, too long so they can come back and uh, get back on that, that role that they were on. Uh, and obviously some more stuff played out with Becky and Charlotte. Becky came down to the ring, cut uh, a decent heel promo, um, kind of was trying to trying to turn the crowd against her. It didn't work real well. Uh, of course, she was you know talking down to the crowd, oh, who really supported me and things like that. But when WWE posted... The video of that on their website, they, uh, of course, left out any of the negative comments that Becky made about the crowd. So I'm hoping they're going to drop that part of it because it just it it's not going to work. The, the crowd is not going to turn on Becky, I don't think, even even with her saying that kind of stuff. So hopefully by them uh, leaving that portion of the promo out, it means they're not going to pursue that part of part of the angle with her and Charlotte and, uh, you know, had a really good pull-apart fight with Becky and Charlotte. Um, you know, I'm, I think it's really cool seeing that kind of thing with the women. Normally you see that with the men a lot. Uh, you know, two guys that have a lot of heat getting a big brawl in the ring, and the GM comes out, waves out all the, uh, you know, the male superstars, and they pull them, pull them apart, hold them apart, and things like that. Well, this time it was done with Becky and Charlotte, and I think it was done really well. I think it worked, and, you know, this is one that's going to, um, I mean, it's, it's Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. I don't see them having a bad match or a bad rivalry. Um, another another interesting uh, carryover from SummerSlam on SmackDown, Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella um, have uh, apparently, yeah, there's apparently been a match made, Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella versus The Miz and Maurice at Hell in a Cell. Uh, we saw that angle play out some more. Of course, The Miz and Maurice were in the ring. Uh, you know, celebrating their victory, saying Daniel Bryan will never get another match against The Miz. And, uh, of course, Bryan came out, and when Maurice started running her mouth, here came Brie Bella, jumped in the ring. Uh, Maurice took off, but uh, but The Miz ended up catching catching up a little bit of a beatdown from Brie Bella, which was pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a, a pretty good match with the four of them. Uh, along the same lines as Ms. and Maurice versus John Cena and Nikki Bella. Apparently, Ms. and Maurice have an issue with the entire Bella family, so um, I'm thinking the result's probably going to be pretty much the same. I, I expect uh, Daniel Bryan and, and Brie Bella to pick up the victory in this one at the, uh, at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, so we'll have to see how that plays out and how long this one plays out, if it's just going to be kind of a one-off or if they're going to carry, carry the Miz and Daniel Bryan further than that. A um, few other rumors going around this week. Now, um, well, this one really isn't a rumor. Uh, the last of the MMA Four Horsewomen have made their NXT house show debut uh, alongside Shayna Baszler. Uh, picked up a, a victory in a six-person tag match. And from the, uh, uh, the, the rumors floating around, they are going to start planting the seeds of the Four Horsewomen versus Four Horsewomen. 
uh, for the Survivor Series. Now, I'm not sure. So I would take that to mean that the Becky and Charlotte rivalry is not going to last too, too long. Uh, supposedly, you're going to see the uh, the beginnings of this at the all-women's pay-per-view evolution. Uh, that doesn't surprise me at all that they would use that as kind of the, uh, the launching point for that rivalry. Um, you know, with uh, Ronda Rousey gonna, uh, having a title defense there, I'm sure Shayna Baszler is going to be there. Maybe that's where she gets her rematch with Kyrie Sane. So I'm sure all four of the MMA horsewomen will be there, along with all four of the uh, the WWE horsewomen. So uh, I'm, this one, I think, is going to get a lot of people excited because it's been something that people have been uh, wanting for a couple of years since the, uh, the rumors first started. I mean, they started planting the seeds of this uh, quite a while ago. I want to say at least two years ago, if not more. So to see this one finally play out, uh, I think is going to be huge. Uh, that could uh, potentially could be your Survivor Series main event. Wouldn't surprise me at all to see that as the the main event of the show. Uh, so we'll see where where this one goes, how this one plays out. And uh, last thing, uh, read an interesting interesting rumor that uh, AJ Lee has been invited to be a part of Evolution in October, and that invitation came directly from Vince McMahon. Uh, and I did not see what, if anything, her response was, but I just I think it's pretty cool that Vince uh, reached out to AJ personally. Uh, now, of course, everybody knows AJ Lee is married to CM Punk. Uh, we know the history you know, with CM Punk in the WWE. He's pretty much disowned anything having to do with professional wrestling uh, since he since he walked out of WWE a few years ago, so uh, and you know AJ followed shortly thereafter. Of course, that's that's her husband. Uh, and with the legal issues going on between Punk and the WWE doctors for so long, um, you know she, <clears throat> excuse me, she uh, you know was pretty much caught in the middle of it because as with WWE as her employer and Punk, of course, as her husband, it just could not have been a great situation for her to be in. Um, but I, I would love to see her come back for Evolution uh, if, you know, if they're able to work out a deal. I think that would be awesome. Um, yeah, I would. I'd love to see uh, like AJ Lee versus one of the newer, newer female superstars, like maybe a Ruby Riot or something like that. I think it'd be an awesome match. Or even, uh, uh, well, Alexa, Alexa already has a match with Trish Stratus at Evolution. But you, you get my drift here. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm going to uh, wrap it up right now. I'm going to cut to the video of me and my buddy Rich, who, uh, like I said, just went through some of our uh, our favorite uh, top top fives of all time. Just a few few different categories. I believe it was eight different categories we went through, and uh, yeah, just had a lot of fun doing it. Um, you know, hopefully, I'd I'd love to have him uh, come on the show again. Uh, do some more of the same thing or, you know, had some other ideas and stuff for him and I to do. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Definitely want to try to get him back on. Um, and I uh, wanted to uh, <clears throat> want to give a quick shout out to a gentleman named uh, Kevin Kellum. I ran into him last night. Uh, my wife and I were just went out for a couple of drinks at our local uh, local bar here and they were doing a, uh, a comedy night. And he was one of the stand-up comics. He's also a radio DJ here in Chicago, and he is, uh, works for WrestleZone. Uh, real cool guy. Funny as all hell. He uh, he's. I was wearing a Four Horsemen T-shirt. He spotted me as soon as we walked in the door. You know, threw up the threw up the four fingers, and uh, you know, did some uh, some wrestling theme stuff with his uh, with his comedy set. 
Uh, again, real cool guy. If you ever get the chance to uh, see any of his comedy or anything like that, definitely definitely check him out. Uh, if you're in Chicago, he is a, a weekend DJ on uh, 101.1. And, uh, yeah, like I said, just real cool guy. Hoping to uh, see him again at StarCast this coming week. Uh, yeah, of course, what else can be said about StarCast and All In that has been said already? The biggest indie wrestling show slash convention in history. Uh, I will be there all four days. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not on Podcast Road. Just didn't have the budget to do it. But, uh, you know, looking forward to being there, hanging out with uh, the fans and and things like that. And uh, I've got a couple of photo ops lined up. It's just, it's just going to be a blast. It's going to be so much fun. And then, of course, All In next Saturday is going to be ridiculous, the matches that uh, have been set up. Um, so I'll be, you know, trying to post as much as I can um next week as far as pictures videos um things like that and uh yeah just general general posts of uh, what's going on you know and uh if i can if i'm lucky enough to bump into somebody i can even just get a quick two or two or three word interview from <laughs> uh you know that's gonna go go up on uh all of my social media so uh with that being said i'm gonna cut to this video here uh, again make sure you're checking out the podcast on uh, yeah, on YouTube, Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. Uh, shoot me an email at catchhookshoot at gmail.com. And I uh, hope everybody has a good week. And those of you coming to StarCast, if you happen to see me, make sure you say hi, give a shout, uh, anything like that. And, uh, yeah, I will talk to you guys soon. All right, what's up, everybody? This is Catch, Hook, and Shoot. Anybody who's uh, watching the YouTube video can see I'm not here by myself this time. Uh, this is my buddy for, like, 20-plus-something yeah. years. Uh, this is Rich. We're going to talk some wrestling today. So uh, say hello. Hola, people. Hello, Internet. <laughs> wow. All I right. just peed a little. <laughs> okay, seriously. All right, so we're, we're going to get down to it here. Now, if my... Uh, Editing skills are at all up to snuff here. You just heard me go over the results of SummerSlam, and uh, I'm splicing this part in here because we're actually recording it as SummerSlam is going on. Just uh, watching the uh, the kickoff show right now, looking at uh, Jerry Lawler and Booker T and David Otunga and Renee Young. So uh, what we're talking about today, we, uh, we're just going to have some fun. We're going through a list of, uh, and this is an idea that I kind of, borrowed or ripped off from busted open radio <laughs> when they were do going through their uh, uh they were basically talking about uh yeah the mount rushmore's of wrestling everybody likes to talk so much about these days and they were going through different categories i think edge and christian also did it on their uh podcast so we're basically going to do the same thing uh yeah way back when uh you know, we used to sit around, drink, watch wrestling, and every now and then one of us would throw out, hey, give me your top five so-and-so. So we actually, like, took some time and made some lists and some categories, so we're going to go through it and uh, yeah. yeah, see how far we can get before this whole thing just uh, flies off the rails and turns into a complete shit show. Yes. So, uh, that being said, you're the guest, so where are we starting here? Well, we're going to start with the, you know, top five WWE wrestlers, performers, however you want to say. You know, um, so, of course, you got to start with Hogan. Uh, I have Undertaker. Interesting. I have Stone Cold. I have the Brahma Bull, Dwayne. Okay. And then I have, unfortunately, 
John, you can't see me, Cena. <laughs> now, now, why, why is that unfortunate? What's wrong with Cena? Uh, there's nothing really wrong with Cena. It's just, it's, uh, you know, I liked him, didn't like him, liked him, and it's just, you know, he's had his run, and he was always just, he's just fun to make fun of and to dislike. That's really it. He's, he's very talented in the ring. He, he's good on the mic, great on the mic, so there's nothing really wrong with Cena. I just, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I agree with that. Actually, surprisingly enough, my list is not that far off from, from yours. Uh, we're, we're in sync, uh, except for one guy, actually. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, of course, I got Hogan. I mean, you know, 80s WWE Hogan. Yeah, he made it a worldwide company. Oh, honest. yeah. Well, yeah. him and Vince. But. Big time. Uh, I got The Rock. Mm-hmm. The Great One. Yes. Uh, I have Austin. Uh, I also have Cena. Mm-hmm. Now, my last guy, I actually don't have The Undertaker. I'm so shocked this thing is over. I am out. <laughs> Hold on. He doesn't have The Taker. This motherfucker got a poster of The Taker. Oh, God damn. He yeah, got the taker. Sit down, drink your beer. Uh, all right. Okay, who you got then? My, my fifth guy, and actually if we're ordering these, I, I actually had him at uh, number two, as a matter of fact. Bruno San Martino. Okay. Because he was, you know, not the first WWE champion, WWF champion, if we're being precise here. But, you know, he I mean, he had the eight-year title run. He was, you know, throughout the 60s and 70s, he, he was it. He yeah. was the one that sold out Madison Square Garden however many hundreds of times. This so, is true. I, I, I can <clears throat> agree with that. So, I mean, you know, as much as, I mean, you know how much I love Taker. As mm-hmm. much as I want him to be on that list, I just, you know, Bruno's got to be there. I can respect that. I see no issue with that. Um, it was hard for me not to put, you know, I thought of him, he definitely crossed my mind, but I was just like, okay, which guys to me worldwide? I mean, Bruno wrestled around the world, but in the day and age of television and that where WWE, WWF really exploded, it was these guys that made it. You know, of course, they're going off the shoulders of Bruno. Right. You know, of course, give all respect to that, but it's kind of like the whole, you know, in any sport, anything you can. You know, people argue now Jordan and LeBron. You know, um, you can argue, you know, people, Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron, Barry Bonds. You know, there's, it's just the, you know, as it gets further away from certain time periods, I think, you know, it's not that they don't belong up there, but it's like, okay, they, you know, mm-hmm. put in a different face up there. Yeah, no, I gotcha. You know? I, I'm honestly surprised you didn't name uh, Macho Man. It, well, yeah. <laughs> it crossed my mind, but, you know, really his contribution compared to the other <clears> four. You know, not that it's not great, again, it's just I think they hit that, you know, to take her a phenom status right. is what they've done. So Yeah, because I, I actually debated with putting Bret Hart on that list, too, for WWE. Yeah. And, I mean, if you're going top ten, yeah, take her macho Bret Hart yeah. easily going there along with Shawn Michaels. And, yes, yes. You know, but we're going and, and, um, straight top five. got to pick the five biggest stars in WWE history for me, and that's, you know, who oh, I... Oh, no, and I, I can agree with Bruno. I, I can't fault you. I don't see no argument there. Um... Not, not bad, not bad. Starting off pretty pretty good here. Cool, cool. Um, do you want to go to a go? topic? Uh, yeah, sure. Let's see. So that was WWE. Yeah. Why don't we roll into uh, WCW? Okay, real quick. Uh, see how professional it is with a clipboard, and I got a little piece of paper. Yeah, professional. Yeah. All right, WCW. You go ahead. You want to? You can start off with this one. <clears throat> okay, well, WCW. Now, keep in mind this is WCW, so you know from mid '90s on. I'm not talking about the NWA. I'm not talking about Crockett Promotions. I'm talking about strictly WCW, basically from Eric Bischoff on, or oh. from the from the time Ted Turner purchased Crockett Promotions on. Okay, all right, that's gonna mess with my list a little bit because growing up, I always 
associate WCW with NWA and that type of South region well, promotion. See, okay. I mean, you know, but I mean, so but no, I mean, but the names still. If you're going, I'm from, sure a lot of the names are going to be the same. Yeah. So but just to kind of give an idea of why I have some of these particular names and cool. I don't have others. So, uh, like I'll say right off the bat, Dusty Rhodes is not on my list. Okay. Because he was big in Crockett Promotions, he was big in the NWA. When it became WCW, he was more behind the scenes. Scene, yes. Yeah. Then go ahead, do your <clears> thing, man. So, uh, yeah. Obviously, first and foremost, WCW, you got to say Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. You know the what they call, you know, they acknowledge sixteen-time World Heavyweight Champion. He's actually he's actually won and lost the world title twenty-four times. But some of them are not recognized for whatever reason. Um, then, uh, of course, again, WCW, uh, you got to talk about Sting. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a given. I mean, he's he's stuck through everything. Mm-hmm. It took a long time for him to finally do something, and then he, what, he went to TNA, which is yeah, which was basically the you know the successor of yeah. WCW. And it took a long time to get him in up north here, WWE. So yeah, Sting is definitely a cornerstone. I mean, he is. I mean, you could think of him with the the buzz cut and the yellow hair, or then when he became the Crow character, mm-hmm. like that's WCW. That was one of the reasons why I would watch WCW was because I knew they had something WWE didn't, which was Sting. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now this next one, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm kind of repeating myself here, Hulk Hogan. Ah, didn't. Mm. I mean, because you figure he went into WCW in '94, instantly became champion, and then. You know, he kind of started to fade a little bit. The fans kind of started to turn on him a little bit. What did he do? NWO and completely changed the whole freaking game again. Yeah. You know, so you figure he made wrestling in the 80s and he remade it in the mid 90s. This is very true. I didn't ever would have thought of that one. <clears throat> um, another one, another guy that I've always associated with uh, WCW kind of, you know, went from. Uh, like basically nothing as a pretty much a uh, jobber enhancement talent, whatever you want to call it, to being one of the top guys. Diamond Dallas Page. Very good, very good. You know, three was a three-time world champion. He was a U.S. champion, tag team champion. Pretty yeah. much held every belt that there was to hold in WCW, and was another one that was like a cornerstone of WCW up until the very end. Yeah, he was definitely the one um, during that NWO run that he wasn't an NWO guy that I wanted to see. Mm-hmm. At that time, it was like, oh, I want to see the NWO. But then it was like, oh, DDP's on. i got to see that. Right. You know, he's a very good performer. Um, is that your five? No, i got one more. Uh, last last guy for me for WCW. And th- this one, I think a lot of people may disagree with. But, you know, when you look at what he did in WCW and how huge he got in a very short period of time, it's uh, Bill Goldberg. Ah, man. See, I knew you'd bring enlightenment to me. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, with the, the whole win streak and the, um, just the way that the crowd, you know, reacted for him, the, the Goldberg, even though, you know, I found out in later years a lot of that was piped in. <laughs> oh, well, I was going to say cold <laughs> beer. But, uh, yeah, and he, you know, again, became, like, pretty much the face of the company. He was right up there with, you know, Hogan and the NWO at that time. And, uh, like I said, just became very huge in a short, short period of time for him. That is damn true. He was, again, that was the thing. It's like he was coming out. You had to run to the TV, flip back from USA to TNT to catch Goldberg or NWO and stuff. That's, see, again, I knew you'd have names that I really didn't think about in my perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, WCW, of course, Sting. I have Flair. Okay. I have DDP. Okay. Um... Now I did it. Now some of my categories I got like 
little parentheses. I have some other people, like a little top five. Because oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not as sure sometimes with my wrestling knowledge as I am of the genius here. <laughs> um, I had Dusty because, to me, he represented South, and WCW was South. Yeah. And you're right. He was. I knew, like, when it was WCW, he was... A uh, yeah, behind the scenes, he had a little bit with the NWO. He really wasn't the performer; he was. Right. But to me, to me, I think WCW. I think South. So I, to me, I, I had him there. But with your logic, yeah, I'm like, okay, I can scratch him off. Um, someone else I have is Lex Luger. Yeah, I, I toyed around with the idea of putting him on there. I mean, to me, again, he's like he had his run in uh, WWE. But to me, he's a WCW. He's a South guy. Oh yeah. His, his matches, you know, I mean, he he wasn't the best, but he, you know. He was a performer, and mm-hmm. he, you know, he had some, you know, think about matches with him and Sting. He had stuff with Flair. He put the work in. Um, two more things. I have the Steiner brothers. Okay. He, he, um, to me, again, they represent the WCW work, the style, the matches, not the over-the-top WWE thing. Even though they had their little run and they had the neon mm-hmm. freaking tights and stuff. To me, they're WCW. And one other name, real quick, I gotta say, is Arn Anderson. Yeah, I, that's another one that I, I toyed around with putting on there. But again, you know, he... He was that, on a decline yeah, that during was, the Bischoff that was kind time. of towards the end of his career. I mean, well, when it first became WCW, he was still an active wrestler. Um, you know, the Horseman, and he was part of uh, uh, Paulie Dangerously's group, the Dangerous Alliance, which, honestly, the more that I've looked at that, and uh, this is something that, like, uh, Conrad Thompson and Tony Schiavone talk about on their podcast, or have... Uh, a number of times. The Dangerous Alliance was really a great freaking faction. They were just, they were stuck in the shadow of the Four Horsemen. Because yeah. look at, if you look at the guys that were in the Dangerous Alliance, you got Arn Anderson, mm-hmm. Larry Zabisco, Rick Rude, Steve Austin. Yeah, that's, that's Bobby a, Eaton. I mean, that, yeah, that, that could have been something, but the company had to go with the money, and the money was the Horsemen. Well, the, even after the Horsemen, like when uh, Flair went to WWE for a little while there, and, you know, there was no Horsemen, it was still everybody wanted the Horsemen. Even though they, they had the Dangerous Alliance, it was such a great group of guys, but it's like, it just they never got out from under that shadow, especially with, you know, with Paul E. being the manager and mm-hmm. the, the kind of mastermind of it. It's like, that could have been a huge group, but, you know, then... Steve Austin got the FedEx letter saying, yeah. you're done. <laughs> yeah. Good job, Bischoff. And, you know, same thing with Paul E. He was out of there. And then look what happened. Austin became the biggest superstar in the history of the WWE, and Paul E. started ECW. Yeah, kind of worked out for him, I'd say. Yeah. So, uh, is that it, that's your five? Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's kind of like seven because you made me rethink the Dusty thing. I just, again, the way I think of South Wrestling, NWA, WCW, it's like kind of like a a tandem type thing to me. I, the way I put yeah. it in my, you know. Well, yeah, because like, like when I did mine, I mean, I had a separate category for the NWA slash territories. Yeah. Because I actually made all of the categories. I'm sure I you did. I'm sure you so, did. So for like you the... sick fuck. For like the, <laughs> for like the NWA categories, I got Dusty, I got Flair, mm-hmm. Magnum TA, Jerry Lawler, and Kerry Von Eric. Okay. You know, those, those, are my, those are my territory guys. Yeah. So, you know, that's why I didn't include like Dusty and Magnum, you know, in the... WCW. Well, Magnum never was part of WCW. Oh, excuse me. Ooh, I hope that don't come out. On. <laughs> Gotta love it. All right, so where where are we going next here? Um, let's try. Um, let's go Intercontinental Champion. Oh, alrighty then. All right, so, I see champ. Okay, brother. Um, Jericho. Okay. Um, definitely, definitely agree with that, especially since he's now uh, the New Japan. Intercontinental then, yes, yeah, this guy is still kicking ass, and he's 
Like, uh, I think he's very underrated. Um, and even if not, if he's underrated, but it's like I don't think people give him the respect. Like, he's not put up there sometimes. And I know he's been world champion numerous times, and he's mm. done great things. But him as IC champ, and he's been, what, nine-time IC champ? Nine-time WWE, and now one-time IWGP. Yeah, so it's like... And that's like, usually, that used to be the second biggest belt. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you were the second biggest star in a company, and he's always been there. He's left and come back. And even his time in WCW, when, like, say he was... Um, I know he was US champ. Mm -hmm. And just the, the amount of belts he's held. But this IC champ, to me, I could see Jericho, like, is like... He's like a face. Like, Jericho fits that mold. Not that he doesn't fit world championship mold, but he fits that mold of that under guy. And to me, IC champ has always been kind of a heel to me. Yeah. I feel like it's a heel category. Um, so, and he does that so well. Yeah, it's, it's definitely been more of a heel-associated belt. Um, I got to also go with Honky Tonk. Okay. I, and, I can see that. And that's because he held the title, just for that record. Mm -hmm. And he put that... Um, I know, to me, like, when that explosion in the 80s of wrestling and him having that belt for as long as he did kind of set the tone for that belt mm -hmm. and what was going to happen after. And it's a legacy, I think, that carries on from him with the worldwide popularity. I know it was came out before that and everything like that, but right. I think there's something about his character and the way he portrayed it and the little slimy champion not really getting, oh, yeah. not getting clean wins ever. Oh, and, yeah, he was a classic heel champion. Yeah, so I give him the credit, and also it's Elvis, like I like very much. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go with one of my favorites, Scott Hall. Yes. Um, classic ladder matches with HBK, and he, again, he was kind of the heel, but he kind of also was the good guy. Mm -hmm. He kind of played the role, um, and at the time there, in the early 90s, his look, <clears throat> his style, what he did, to me, just stands out as IC champ. Um, then I got Bret Hart. Oh, Okay. Um, kind of a surprise there. Yeah, I, I, for some reason, to me again, I when I think of Intercontinental Champions and at the time frame, I see Bret Hart as being that number two guy. Like you know, not that he mm -hmm. wasn't a great champion, one of the greatest of all time, but just I, the picture of him with an IC belt and the matches he's done with that title, um, and just being, I don't know, man, it just it just fits to me yeah. seeing him. And finally, I got the Miz. I, I'm actually surprised to hear you say that one. I got the Miz. I think the Miz is. Um, I've always kind of liked the character when he's the whole "I'm awesome" thing. You know that. Oh, yeah. A lot of people know that. Like you know, I think it's he's entertaining. I think he's gotten really um, his performances in the ring have improved all the years he's been there. His mic skills have always been on point. And again, just the sliminess that he portrays, mm -hmm. um, and it just works. So I can. I just like, again, I could just see him walking around with the IC belt and not have a problem with it. All those guys have an IC belt in their careers. They epitomized to me what IC champ was. Yeah, and the thing with The Miz, and I've said this like multiple times over the last couple weeks on the show, The Miz is the best heel in the company right now. Oh, God, easily. Yeah, just because he's one of those, you know, he just has that or portrays that just utter contempt for the audience. But the audience, they want to love him so bad because he can have them eating out of his hand one minute, and then he'll say something about the town and totally just yes. cut him down. Yeah, he's, so. it's, it's, he's an old-school heel in a way. Um, but, yeah, he just he carries it, and he's another person I think, you know, who knows when he finally retires. You know, I, I think he'll, he'll be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah, definitely, you know? most definitely. All right, so uh, top five IC champs. I got Chris Jericho. Well. All right. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, I don't think there's too much too much more we can say about, about that. We, you know, he to me the best IC champ of all time, whether oh. it's WWE or New Japan, whatever. You know, um, then I got, uh, and I'm kind of surprised you didn't say this one, Randy Savage. No, uh, yeah, I, I again, I'm wearing a shirt. I held off on Macho, um, because I know again we all talk about WrestleMania three, his match with the Dragon, you mm-hmm. know, phenomenal. But again, I never. I just I knew it was like a stepping stone for him. Yeah, well, that's pretty much what the the IC title always was for a long time. There, you know, it was mm-hmm. you know you held the IC title and eventually you were going to end up being the man. Yes. So, but uh, yeah, just Savage, just because that that to me, like when I was a kid, he was the first Intercontinental Champion I saw, and so that's you know. First thing that pops in my head, I hear Intercontinental Champion, I see that picture of Macho Man. He never wore the belt. He always, he always carried it. Yeah, that's, you know? that is true. And, you know, him and Elizabeth and, like, you know, uh, what was it? I think it was the first first match of our second match, WrestleMania two. the first WrestleMania I watched, him and George Animal Steel. Oh, you know, I remember the, that, yes. For the IC title. So, yeah, that was, you know, I definitely got to put Savage in there. Yeah. Um, also, have Scott Hall. You know, first five-time Intercontinental Champion and... Like you said, the latter matches with the next guy on my list, Shawn Michaels. Ah. You know, again, for the same reason, he was a great heel champion when he held the IC belt most of the time. And, uh, you know, the matches between him and Diesel, him and the latter matches with Scott Hall. Oh, man, you just made me think of another wrestler, which I'm pretty sure is going to end up on your list. Go ahead. What, on this list? On your IC, do you got another one? Yeah, I got one more, but uh, no, and I also got The Miz. Oh, you have The Miz, okay. Yeah. Cool, because I just thought of someone and I didn't really think about now that... Like, damn it, I feel bad I didn't think of this person. <sighs> Mr. Perfect. Yeah, I, I considered him. I mean, that, you know, um, yeah, I mean, he um, he actually, he was in, you know, WCW, I think. Uh, I don't think he was in WCW longer, but that that's more what I remember him for, unfortunately, because I think he was better in WWE. Mm-hmm. But it's like, the you figure the last time you saw Mr. Perfect, really, I mean, he went back to WWE after WCW, but... That's and maybe it's just because I've been watching all the nitros back now. <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I honestly I didn't didn't think about him because I I'd forgotten about him being the IC champ. Yeah, I just again you, when you said about like being a kid and I remember during the late '80s like he kind of you know him and Hogan had a few matches again you know, watching mm-hmm. Hogan everyone watched Hogan matches, um, but perfect you know now you look at different things and you know it's like yeah man he he, he could be up there for IC champ t- to me yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, that. it wasn't like he held the title long or was champion that numerous t- how many times it was, but um, you know, just his performance and his contempt for the crowd too. Yeah. Oh God, it was great. Yeah, and just the the arrogant, cocky heel, you know, slapping the gum and. Yeah. You know, I always wondered who did that land on. Did it ever land in somebody's hair? <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of that because I was always like, you know, fuck the people, but um, that that is great. I really wonder if somebody's got a story out there online like, yeah, I got Mr. Perfect's gum in my hair and I've been bald since. Yeah, I know the feeling. <laughs> you know, did, and if it did, did they like cut the lock of hair out and put it in like a glass case? Mr. Perfect, this is Mr. Perfect's spit. And did they clone him? Yeah. Hmm. Maybe, that's Mr. Where, maybe that's where Curtis Axel came from. Nah, because he ain't. <laughs> cool, so let's All see right. here. Uh, I did I see so good. Your next one, sir. All right, let's go with uh, tag teams. And I kind of had a rough one with this one, but go ahead, sir. Tag teams. All right, so tag teams for me, number one, greatest tag team of all time, probably not who you're thinking I'm going to say, the Dudley Boys. 
No, I can see that without a doubt. Like twenty-four time world tag team champions between ECW, WCW, WWE, TNA, New Japan. I mean, you know, that it just it speaks for itself. They've held every title in the freaking world that means anything. You know, I mean, yes, they held the WCW tag titles while in WWE. You know, they never wrestled in WCW, but, you know, it still counts. Yeah. <laughs> it's counted as a WCW it's in the title reign. So, you know, I just don't think you can argue the, the Dudley Boys. To me, just based on that and, you know, first original ECW guys to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, um, Bubba Ray Dudley is in the WWE and the TNA Hall of Fame. Or no, as a team, they're in both. Oh wow! So, so yeah, I, I mean, uh, just right there, can't you fault know, that. Got to put them at the top. Uh, very close second for me though is Road Warriors. Yeah. Oh yes. You know, I mean, first guys to ever hold the WWE, NWA, and uh, AWA tag team titles back in the day. I, I can remember being a youngin and picking up like I don't know if it was Pro Wrestling Magazine or exactly what the publication mm-hmm. was called, and they had. Uh, the stats of them, their height, their weight, their bench, their reps, and all the different things they were doing. Oh, yeah, I had that one. And looking at that and thinking, like, this is amazing, and then finding them on TV and thinking, like, I've never seen tag teams like this. You know, you never seen oh, yeah. these guys just mauling people but technically sound and doing high-flying as large as they were. Oh, yeah, like the Doomsday Device was the greatest, one of the greatest tag team finishers ever, man. And it's it, it's insane, yeah. What they, what they did for the... Business, even the culture of wrestling, how, how I, I think, you know, again, my limited knowledge, they popularized the face painting in mm-hmm. essence. In that boom in the 80s, it's like all of a sudden, everyone looked like the World Warriors. Oh, yeah. Everyone, or Legion of Doom, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, because, you know, you figure after that, you know, you had Demolition come along. You had the Powers of Pain come along. You know, uh, yeah, you could keep any, pretty much anybody who wears face paint. Yeah, face paint and um, spikes. Yeah. You know, it was because of them. So, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, all right, moving on. we got Steiner Brothers. Okay. Again, you know, guys that have held the NWA, WCW, um, IWGP, WWE, um, NWA United States Tag Team Titles. I mean, at one point, they held the NWA World Tag Team Titles, the U.S. Tag Team Titles, and the IWGP Tag Team Titles at the same time. That's a schedule conflict right there, I can see. Like, where the hell they wrestle? Yeah, that, I mean, I don't think it lasted a real long time, but... but still, in fact, they were, you know, of course, in, this, in that business, they're they're given the titles because they feel they can carry it. Yeah, exactly. So, for it to be given that responsibility and to live up to it, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's... Yeah, I... Dude. Yeah, so... I, and I the Frankensteiner, come on. Yeah, yeah, Frankensteiner was, was always a cool move, and Scotty Steiner still does it. <sighs> Man... Off the top rope. Yeah, that's amazing. And he and he's like pushing sixty. He's. I don't feel like he's. You know. I, he, I know he's in his fifties. He owns a Shoney somewhere in Georgia. Oh Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Try the ham cubes. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah! Shout out to Conrad Thompson for that one. Um. Yeah. Next, next one I got is uh, this. This one may surprise you a little bit. Edge and Christian. Man, I went over the nineties teams like that. Um. Just because, you know, the the number of times that they held the tag team titles, I mean, like, individually. Edge, as an individual, I want to say, has held the tag titles ten times plus. Yeah, well... But, and also, interestingly enough, Edge, the only guy ever to hold tag titles with Hulk Hogan. 
but uh, but no, Ed, Edge and Christian just like with the TLC matches and you know the the whole the brood thing, which was the coolest freaking gimmick of the Attitude Era, even though it only lasted like eight nine months. <laughs> you know uh, the thing about Edge and Christian for me. Um they had to, there was always those great TLC matches we would watch on you know all the pay per views and it's like that was a team no one really wanted to win but they always seemed to win yeah exactly and it was you know with the Hardys with uh, the Dudleys with uh, man of course I know I'm missing tons of names but it always seemed like Edge and Christian would sneak in and get a victory mm-hmm. they'd have one big not one big they have a big pop they disappear other things go on they slide in get the victory and it was always like God damn it they won again. Yeah, Fucking pretty Canadians. much. And they, were, and, and they were great heels, man. Again. Yeah, there you go. You know, they, That's uh, why. They could just annoy the shit out of any crowd, especially with their little five-second poses. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, uh, and still, even even today, man, I listen to their podcast literally every week just because it's freaking hilarious. I love those guys. Yeah, no, the, their, um, their chemistry for well plus 20 years has worked well. And, you know... Um, being older now and looking back and thinking about things like why I would so, like they did their jobs, <clears throat> they got me animated at the match because of yeah. them. I'm like, now I'm like, oh okay, I can applaud them. But back in the day, it was like, you <laughs> again, you know. Yeah, and then even like you know, look at their individual careers. They've both been world champion. They were both IC champ, tag champs. I think they yeah they actually held the WCW tag titles when they were in WWE. Yeah, and for, and yeah. Stretch there. And Christian's had a nice run in <clears throat> TNA as well. Yeah, he. I mean, he's been the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. You know, I think he was the the was he the first TNA champion after they split the NWA? I don't remember off the top of my head, but yes, yeah, so, I mean, individually they've had great careers, and together they, you know, like I like I said, you know, one of my all time favorite teams. Cool, I can respect it. And then uh, the last one on my list this is another one I think is going to kind of throw you for a loop here: Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson. The Brain Busters. That is very, very interesting. Just because in the ring, there's nobody, except for maybe the Heart Foundation, there's nobody that can touch them for in-ring skill. This is hilarious. Alright. Because, um... I have the Brain Busters on my list. Sweet! Because of that, I, I remember them being, they were just so sound in the ring. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable to watch their matches. And this is, of course, they were in WWF. Yeah. You know, um, this is what I know them from. And that's just great. I can't believe yeah, that you have them. Because I'm like, dude, I'm going to bring this up. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if he's going to feel it. I know he likes the wrestlers. He knows about them. But I, I, I can remember just watching the matches and being like, I've never <clears> seen <throat> a tag team work like this and what they're doing and how... The in-ring chemistry and how they would just demolish one opponent, and it was it was just great. And then you know they had Bobby Heenan on the outside, which was always good. Yeah, exactly. And then in you know in the NWA, I mean, of course, obviously they were original members of the Horsemen, so you know they had JJ Dillon with them all the time. And you know there's another team; they were the NWA Tag Team Champions, and they were the WWE Tag Team Champions. Yeah. You know, there's only a handful of teams that've ever done that, and I I think I. Named all of them, actually. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Well, yes, I had the Brain Busters. Um, and, again, that was a hard one for me to put because I was just like, I'm like, man, and like, you know, I was afraid you're going to be like, really? You're going to put them, like, as a tag team? Like, no, you know, but, mm-hmm. um, of course, I got the Dudleys, Steiners. Yeah. Road Warriors. Okay. I mean, it's par for course. So that's the four. And then... Um, the first, well, I threw on at the end 
Um, this isn't my actual fifth one, but I had the Heart Foundation. Okay. Um, just because, again, they were they were technical. They were the heels. They always seemed to come up with a victory. And for the time that they were the tag team, it's like they, they were the tag team. Even though Demolition was running around, mm. but it seemed like the Hart Foundation was, you, you knew they were the better team. Oh, yeah. The Hart Foundation, for their time in WWE, they were, whether they had the belts or not, they were the top team, always. Yeah. I mean, and they stood out. They wore pink and black. Yeah. That, that stood out. So it was like, <clears throat> what is this? And, um, yeah. And, I mean, you know, Hart and Nightheart, you know, they just... It was. It worked well. You had the clean-shaven guy, the guy with the crazy beard, acting crazy, the calm, cool guy with the shades. Mm-hmm. You know, it worked. Um, I put them on an, as a throw-in, but the other team that I have on here is just a personal favorite, the Outsiders. I, I knew you'd have them on there. Yeah. I, you know, I got no argument with that. I mean, as a team, they... And you got to think, too, they really were not a team all that long. No. They, were, they started as a, an actual everyday tag team, in WCW, yeah, you know, in '96. So, and then by what was it, '98? Yeah, it was. It, it was pretty much done. Yeah, they had a little run, um, and it's just like to me again. That's yeah, a personal favorite thing, um, but I just think you take those two gentlemen with you know their charisma, what they can do with the crowd, and uh, their moves. They were big moves. Oh yeah. They did. So it was like a big pop. It was it wasn't just a little like, okay, they'd put you in an arm bar, but then it like it would transfer to something, you know, a sidewalk slam or mm-hmm. whatever it may be. And it was just fun. It's it's like that I think of them, I think of mid nineties, wrestling's exciting again. They're just two cool guys walking down to the oh, ring yeah. and you're like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna have a drink with that dude. No, no homo. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, and you know, a lot of people would have, I'm sure, this I think is probably the one category you could probably have the biggest, longest argument with people about because there's going to be people that say, what about the Rock and Roll Express? What about the Midnight Express? What I'm about surp- the Freebirds? I'm about- surprised you didn't have any of those. I was expecting that. And like, again, if we were going top 10, I'd have had the Heart Foundation in there. Mm-hmm. I'd have had the Rock and Roll and Midnight Express and stuff like that, but. You know, just top five. This it is what it is. Yeah, that, that's why again, I, I'm I'm very happy that I had the Brainbusters and that you did as well. That makes me feel good about my uh, suggestions <laughs> and my thought process, maybe on this business of wrestling. Um, cool. All right, so so where are we going from here? We've done WWE, WCW, IC champ, and tag teams. Let's. Um, you want to go finishers? Yeah. Yeah, let, let, let's let's do that here. All right. So that'd be on you, sir. To I started the last one. The beer's taking hold. All right, finishers. <clears throat> In no particular order. <sighs> Sweet chin music. I knew that was coming. Oh, fuck yeah, you knew damn <laughs> well, man. <sighs> and I'm pretty sure you know all of mine. Probably. Yeah. Um, Razor's Outsider's Edge. The Jackknife. Jake the Snake's DDT. I was going to say, can you name somebody outside the click? <laughs> okay, and then the, okay, yeah. So we got Jake's DDT, and then we got the RKO. Okay, all right. RKO, Diamond Cutter. Yeah, I, I just think um, the way Randy Orton has... He's made it a much more athletic thing. DDP did it, but it seemed a little 
clunky. It wasn't as smooth. He wouldn't do the variations. Well, DDP did a lot of variations with it. He'd go from the fireman's carry, he'd go off the ropes, yeah. he'd catch guys out of out of nowhere. But I, I get what you're saying. The, Randy Orton has taken it to another level. Randy Orton's more athletic, and it <clears throat> looks smoother the way he yeah, does it. Yeah, Orton, you know, definitely gets like more air when he goes. He jumps a lot higher than DDP used to. So yeah, I, I definitely see that. And it, it's a cultural thing now. RKO out of nowhere. People make mm-hmm. videos and shit. It's it's just a fun thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Again, I mean, Jake's DDT. You know, it's just legendary to me. Again, you, if you got hit with it, you were done. People knew that. Yeah, and now I, I kind of hate now that a DDT is just like kind of like a secondary move. Like oh. Everybody throws a damn DDT. Everything became a secondary move. Power bombs are secondary moves now. You know, and it's like, go back and watch Saturday Night's main event where Ricky Steamboat got DDT'd on a freaking floor. He was out yeah. for like three months. <laughs> yeah, you can't. You know, now it's like, the guy gets DDT'd on the steel steps and he's up, you know, doing a freaking... Frog Suicide splash, yeah. shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and finishers have been dubbed down so much, you know, and trying to get the crowd into it that, like, each match has five to eight finishers and shit, it seems mm-hmm. like. And it, it's a little crazy because before, if you got hit with the finisher, unless you were another top-tier guy, you might kick out, yeah. depending on the, the stage you were on. But normally, you got hit with one finisher, you were done. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, hell, a choke slam was a finisher. Yeah. And now, somebody does a choke slam, it's like, all right, bro, I'm up. What's up? What you got? Yeah, pretty much. I, I think, you know, not enough emphasis is put on finishers anymore. No. Um, and real quick to shout out when I was talking about HPK because it's quick. It's nothing special, but it's just a quick kick. And I know, um, who was it? Davey Boy Smith used to do. No, not Davey Boy Smith. Um, uh, Chris Adams. Yeah. Used to do the kick. But the way Shawn Michaels, because as he became a top tier, the top guy, for him to have just a kick. Mm-hmm. And the way he did it, it was it just new again. It'd come out of nowhere. Bam. Yeah, and he, it became like more, you know, he had more theatrics with it. The standing oh, in yeah. the corner, stomping the foot and stuff like that. And let's not forget um, him saying, I'm sorry to Ric Flair. I love you. And then kicking him in the face. Oh, yeah. That was great. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. I love you. Now I'm going to kick your head off. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah, you kind of knew mine was kind of predictable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you can predict some of mine. I mean, you know, you know I'm a submission guy. Yes, yes. So, you know, first on my list. He likes torturing people. <laughs> <clears throat> First on my list, figure four leg lock. Oh god, pick a foot. Yeah, I just it, it's a great move. It's still a great move. I mean, you know, it was something that was used as far back as anybody can remember in wrestling, and something that's still used today. You know, of course, with Charlotte Flair take, <clears throat> taking it to another level, calling it the figure eight with the bridge and stuff, which I think is really cool. Yeah, no, okay. You know, I, w- I wish the Miz would have kept using it after he yeah he got the little Flair kind of handed it off to him. You yeah, know? he gave him a little like, hey, go with it, homie, and it's like. I was like, oh, cool, but eh, it is what it is. Yeah, and then uh, another one, the sharpshooter, or scorpion deathlock, whatever you want to call it. Basically the same move, mm-hmm. but uh, Sting did it first. <laughs> <laughs> but again, you know, it's uh, not not one you see a whole lot anymore. You, you no. know, you'd see The Rock use it here and there for a while. Horribly at the beginning, I'll be honest. Yeah. Let's be honest, he put it on horribly, but he got better with it as time went on. Oh, yeah, and he actually you know, got a couple submissions with it there at one point. Um, but you know, you'll see Natalia do it now, and that, that's really about it. You don't see a lot of people using a sharpshooter or scorpion deathlock anymore. Yeah, which is a shame. Yeah, I mean, submission moves now. Actually, submission moves have gotten a lot simpler. I've noticed it's like it's an arm bar. Yeah. Or well, you know, the the calf crusher for AJ. Well, you gotta. I think you attribute that to. Um, to I th- I attribute that attribute that to the popularity of MMA. Yeah, because now fans understand these moves don't really hurt. 
Yeah, I mean, the figure four, you could easily really break somebody's leg with it. Well, yeah, well I, any of Honestly, these moves, yeah. you're bending someone's leg, even a sharpshooter or scorpion deathlock. But they, I think because of MMA, you've got to kind of make it look like something you can throw on quickly. Because, mm -hmm. realistically, somebody's not going to lay there and let you put a figure four on them. No. Unless, yeah. unless they're unconscious. Yeah, and then it doesn't matter to match his view. Boom. Yeah, so I think that's kind of been the evolution of submission holds the last, I don't know, and it's 10, a damn shame. 10, 20 years, whatever. Uh, let's see, where was I at here? Okay, now we're getting into the, the impact moves here. Mm -hmm. uh, powerbomb. Can't argue with a powerbomb. My my favorite with the powerbomb, though, has always been Vader. Okay. Just because his size, his sheer mass, mm -hmm. and the way he would... Because Nash, with the jackknife, he'd just kind of lift them up and let them fall. Yeah. That was his, his way of doing it. Vader, he would pick them up and drive them into the mat. I mean, the first time I really remember seeing a powerbomb on TV, it was Vader... Doing that to Cactus Jack on the floor. Oh, God. Not in the ring, on the floor. When they had the mats that were like this thick? Yeah, I don't even know if they had Or if they pulled time. the mats yeah. away. I think I might know what match you're talking about, mm -hmm. honestly. I remember seeing that thing like, God damn! Yeah, and it just looked like, it looked like, you know, Cactus Jack was dead. <laughs> and a move like the powerbomb should kill you. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely. <laughs> Not really, no one should die, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, then, next one on my list, another one of yours, DDT. I mean, I've always loved the DDT. Jake has always been one of my favorite guys. And like I said, I hate that it's become like a transitional move now or, you know, something just used in the middle of a match. Um, speaking of the DDT, of course, Jake, top dog. Who else, real quick, if I may segue, like, who else had really good DDTs to you? Arn Anderson. Bam. Good call. Hey, to me, he was the second best out of any of them. You know who actually now who has a good DDT that I like a lot? Uh, surprisingly enough, because I'm not a big fan of this guy, is Andrade Cianalmas, the guy that was on the pre-show a little oh, earlier. Oh, really? Yeah, because he does a, uh, a hammerlock DDT. Okay. So he'll have the guy's arm behind like this, you know, so he'll be holding, mm -hmm. he'll have the, the face lock on him and have the ha hammerlock locked in and drop with Oh, nice. And uh, Dean Ambrose isn't bad either. He does like the double underhook, kind of like uh, Cactus, Cactus Jack, Jack. Do. That's funny. I never really liked Cactus Jack. I never liked the double underhook DDT. I wasn't a fan of it. Every time I did, I always wanted them to suplex them over or do something else. Like mm -hmm. Or uh, Drew McIntyre has a really good one. Okay. Uh, I forgot what he calls it, the Future Shock or something like that, where he like drops all the way to his back with them, and like it looks like he's going to put him in a dragon sleeper and like wrap his legs around him because that's the way he falls with the guy. Oh. And it just looks like you know the intensity that he hits it with. It's like it's really high impact. So it just looks good. And I think that's, you know, probably the most important part about a finisher is that it looks, looks good. good. Yes. Uh, and then last one on my list, again, agreeing with you, super kick. Right. You know, uh, uh, gentleman Chris Adams, <laughs> who trained Stone Cold and then Stone Cold married his wife. <laughs> I'll just sip my beer on that one. <laughs> but, yeah, no, the super kick I always thought was a cool move. And, honestly, the, the best finishers... And this is something that uh, Edge and Christian have talked about a lot on their show. Is you know it looks good, and it can be put on anybody. Yes. You know, like you're not going to see Rey Mysterio powerbomb the Big Shell. No, no, that is true. I didn't think about that into putting that into my. Um... But I mean, I include powerbomb in mine just because it's yeah. a cool finishing move. But yeah, the the best finishers are like the super kick. You you can super kick any. You can kick anybody in the face. You can DDT anybody. You can DDT pretty much anybody. You know the. Figure four, within reason. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's some of the larger guys, like uh, Yokozuna would never have been put in a figure four. Yeah, no. Not not well, with those tree trunks. Nah, no, that ain't happening. Um, yeah, yeah, finishers. Or, you know, like uh, like 
actually Christian's finisher was uh, you know one of the one of those type of moves that I just I never liked the look of it personally, but the the unprettier where he kind yeah, of grabs rotate, them, yeah. turns them around, drops them on their face. It's like it, it to me. It looked like a like the double underhook DDT, but like fancied up. Yeah. In an essence, and you know, but uh, yeah, the quicker to move, the better. Um, cool. Yeah, that's finishers. Brought to you by. Turtle Wax. Finish your car off. Nice. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> Alright, so let's go to... How about baby faces? I didn't have that written up. Oh, that's right. But that's I'm okay, sorry. but I, I can wing it if you right. really, fairly want to. Uh, no, you know what? We can go, go on to something else here. Just uh, Let's see. We did WCW, WWE, Tag Teams. We did IC Champ. We did Finishers. Let's go for World Champ. Alright, this one's going to be interesting. Alright, sir. Alright, so... Uh, Number one, for me, I think it's pretty obvious, the guy that's held the world title more than anybody else, Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. You know, can't, can't argue, what did I say, 24 times yeah. world heavyweight champion if you're going by the unofficial total. 16 recognized, correct? Yeah, 16 recognized, 24 actual, has won and lost the title 24 times. Yeah, you, you can't deny and, what he's done. Yeah, and just, you got to remember, too, you know, the world champion, even though it's not a competitive sport... If the, they put the world title on you, that means they have enough faith in you and enough trust in you to say, we're making you the face of this company. You know, whoever the promoter or the booker or the owner is saying, you're our guy. You're, you're going to be, at the end of the show, you're going to come out, and if the rest of the show had sucked, we got faith in you that you're going to make the show. Exactly. Pe- people got their money worth because you were here and you performed. Exactly. So here's this gold belt. Go out there and do your freaking thing. Six nights out of the freaking week. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was just going to say. You know, back in the day, Ric Flair, that's when they were on the road 300 days a year because the champion had to be a traveling champion. He had to travel to all those NWA territories all over the freaking world, literally. Yeah. You know, Japan and Europe and Australia and wherever and, you know, Canada. All across the U.S. Yeah, they, it's, you know, he had had to defend that belt in every single NWA affiliated territory on a monthly basis. You know, he had to hit all these territories, so... He yeah, and it's like you said, it's like it was put on you because the company believed, first off, you could make them money, mm-hmm. but also that you made them look good and you did your job. So it's like you, you're not going to disappoint a crowd. World champions, it could be a crowd of 100 people in a school gymnasium to a WrestleMania crowd of 100,000 or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. You know, they are given that shot because of their ability and their work ethic. So, exactly. And, yeah, world champions have to have a work ethic. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Flair, cool. Yeah, which brings me to uh, my second guy, speaking of work ethic, Bruno San Martino. Uh, world champion, you know, eight years, like, uh, between his two reigns, he was champion for over 11 years total in two title reigns. That's unheard of, will never be done again. No, no, no. You know, I mean... You know, John Cena's been champion 16 times. If you add it all up, it probably doesn't equal out to five years. No, <laughs> no, yeah, I can't. You know, I mean, he's been a world champion 16 times in a span of 15 years, which is nothing to sneeze at. No, oh, hell you no. You know, I mean, that, that's phenomenal. But, you know, Bruno, he he is the man who started, basically, WWE, or back in the day, WWWF, and, you know, held that title, sold out Madison Square Garden however many hundreds of times, so... Yeah, yeah, and he, he was the man. Yeah, that's who you went to see back in the day. Yeah, I mean, if there was a, a WWE card at the Garden, you knew Bruno was headlining, you knew it was going to sell out. Yeah, he, he was another one. He 
if I'm not mistaken, he went around the world. He wrestled in Japan. Oh yeah. He, he did this. He was doing the stuff beforehand. Imagine doing that in the fifties and sixties. Mm-hmm. Traveling the world and being the man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, and he he's the one that brought the WWF WWWF up to that national level when they split from the NWA back then. You know, I mean, he Buddy Rogers was the first WWF champion. Bruno's the one that took it off of him, and you know, just took WWF to a whole another level. Um, number three for me, Hogan. Mm-hmm. I mean, no explanation needed. Yeah, it's freaking yeah. Hulk Hogan. You know, uh, six-time WWF champion, six-time WCW champion. You know, he he was the man from the eighties and nineties. He was the guy. Yeah, changed the game twice. Everyone went from red and yellow to black and white mm-hmm. because of him. I mean, of course, people behind him pushing buttons and pulling strings and whatever. Oh, but, yeah, I mean... But but if it wasn't for his face and his ability, um, it wouldn't have worked. I mean, I look at it this way. If it wasn't for, you know, Hogan making that shift, and if it wasn't for the NWO, these guys wouldn't be here. <laughs> this is very, and they, they, and they, they've admitted that. Yeah. You know, if, if, it, if there was no NWO, there wouldn't be a Bullet Club. So... You know, you can't can't argue with, with Hogan, even with all the crap surrounding him lately. We ain't talking about that. This is not a political show. Whatever. It, you know. <laughs> I was going to say something, but never mind. Yeah, no, please. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, next for me, and this one this one may throw you a little bit, Luthez. Okay. I knew you were going to go old school. The The reason I put Luthez on here... Because of the he, press. The Luthez press. Not exactly, no. No, I just want to be funny. <laughs> no, because he was the last guy to hold the original World Heavyweight Wrestling Championship, which was the title when wrestling was an actual sport. Ah. When they didn't have the predetermined outcomes, it was before the kayfabe era, you'd go watch a match and it could last upwards of three hours, and two hours of that might be the guys just holding a headlock <laughs> or something like that, when it was an actual, you know, guys just in the ring jockeying for positions, trying to get a hold on to finish the match. Wow. You know, he was the last guy to hold that legit title before it became, you know, the, the quote-unquote kayfabe era. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he he held that title, he held the, uh, the NWA world title, and you know, multiple times. I want to say I think he was a five-time NWA champion. So, you know, I got I, I had to include him just because he's the one to kind of bridge that gap from the early 20th century mm-hmm. into the more kind of showbiz type era. Yeah. See, of wrestling. I I knew you would come with like history and knowledge when it came to this category, and um, I had a hard time with this category. I still got one more. You do really? Yeah, Holy yeah, that, shit! That We've been talking that much about that. One, two, three. Son yeah, that bitch. Was four. That's my last one. I know you know who this guy is. Uh, Harley Race. Yeah, okay. Eight-time NWA world champion. First guy ever to do that. Held it throughout the 70s and early 80s. Um, didn't, he, didn't he have a... Yeah, he came to WWF. Yeah, time. that was towards the end of his, his career. career he yeah. was the king, Harley Race. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. First king of the ring, whatever. And uh, But yeah, he was uh, main event at the very first Starcade against Ric Flair. In a steel cage match. I mean, by today's standards, I'm sure a lot of younger wrestling fans would say, this is boring. No, it was one of the greatest wrestling matches in history. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, yeah, gotta, gotta throw Harley Race in there. Like I said, first ever eight time world champion. And again, one of those guys, just his work ethic, his, his travel schedule was ridiculous. And, you know, the NWA promoters just had that faith in him to, you know, have, have him be that long term champion. 
for such a long time. Yeah, well, I gotta say, man, you definitely, I knew you were going to pull shit out the bag on this one. Um, I had a difficult time because I'm like, man, I don't want to go super old school. And and so my list, of course, there's Flair. Of course. There's Hogan. Mm-hmm. There's Bruno. Um, now, because you, you mentioned this one guy, um, Cena. Yeah. Because okay. of his run... And in the era, how things, how wrestling has changed and how he's stayed relevant to have that many title runs in the amount of years he's been around, mm-hmm. it's like that's a lot of faith they have in, in him. Oh, yeah. So I give him that respect. It's like, you know, nothing, you know, against the old school guys. I was thinking more like modern guys who've done yeah, different I, things. And, yeah, and I, I tried to keep, for the most part, I tried to keep it to like our lifetime. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, a couple of my, I'm like, I gotta take it back a little bit more. No, you're a historian, and I know the names you're speaking of, and I know things they've done, and, and yeah, like, again, it wouldn't be the business it is without them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like, there would be no Michael Jordan without Dr. J, but there'd be no Dr. J without, say, an Oscar Robertson, or, you know, di- different sports. There's no Tom Brady without Joe Montana. So, yeah, I get that. Um, so, but I had to throw Cena on there, again, just for this generation, and because he's he and he stayed the same. Oh yeah. He hasn't flipped. He has done nothing different. He's just been John Cena, work ethic, go guy, and carry the company. And he gets booed. He gets cheered. And you know what? He has shown. He isn't. You know, fight. He he can wrestle. Yeah, he can. I don't think he gets enough credit for his in-ring skills because just because he's got the quote-unquote five moves of doom. Yeah, and it's like but but that, that's what, what people want. Everybody has the five moves of doom. Everybody. Look at any wrestler yeah. champion throughout history. Hogan, big boot, body slam, leg drop. Yeah. You know, Kevin Nash, elbows in the corner, sidewalk slam, snake eyes, power bomb. You know, exactly. everybody's got their little signature move set. But not everybody for 15 years has been given title runs like that. Mm-hmm. Like, like he constantly it would be in the title picture, headlining WrestleMania, had some great matches, you know. Um, so I had to throw him on there. This one is going to be the weird one. It's going to be hard for me to defend after everything you said. Okay. Um, CM Punk. Okay. I Yeah, I can I can see that. I mean, especially with that, what was it, uh, 400... 30-some-odd-day title run that he had. He had that run, and he and, and during that run, he went from a face to a heel. Yeah. Which... Yeah, you, you rarely see that and then see the guy hold on to the title very long after the turn. Yes. I mean, that was something that was that stuck out to me as I was thinking about this topic. I'm like, he went from a face to a heel, and he held the title. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, as I think about the era, um, what... Like, you know, his pipe bomb and um, just the different level of reality that he was bringing to it at the Mm -hmm. time. I just thought it was cool. And, yeah, maybe he's not probably top five all time, you know, but I put him in there just because, to me, he was relevant. And he did something, again, like he went from face to heel and kept the freaking belt. Yeah, and like I said, that that long title run he had, I mean, that was the longest run in the past 25 years. Yeah. Nobody had held a title for over a year like that, you know. So. Yeah, but not even Cena, that's what I'm saying. That's why, I, like, I threw him in there and it's, it's Chicago. 
<laughs> so, yeah, interesting. Cool. Uh, uh, that was World Champ. Looks like we got two categories left. So We got belts and never world champion. I'm going to say let's go with belts. Okay, we're going to do belts. I definitely hope we get a chance to get to never world champion. Oh, yeah, we will. All right. Belts. So that's on you, sir. All right. So uh, first one on my list, the uh, probably the most popular WWE belt they've mm -hmm. ever had, the Winged Eagle. The oh. Yeah, that one, the one that's on his little beer mug there. Yes. Yeah, that, like I said, that's probably the most popular title. Uh, for me, most associated with, like, Macho Man, Ultimate Warrior. Hogan held it a couple of times, but I always, I for some reason, I always more associate Hogan with the belt he had at WrestleMania 2, WrestleMania 3, you know, the one he had when he yeah. fought Andre, which was the one right before the Winged Eagle. Well, that was the thing, yeah, that the Winged Eagle belt ended up, like, I think they were trying to transition. I think they wanted to try and transition from Hogan mm -hmm. to other people. So, like, yeah. oh, we're going to create a new belt. Right. But they're like, ah, Hogan's the money. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, next one on my list, uh, and this one is probably most associated with Ric Flair, the big gold belt. Yes. You know, I mean, it represented WCW title until the company folded and then moved over to WWE. You know, Chris Jericho held it at one point when he was the undisputed champion, and it still represented the WCW title at that time. And then they moved on to the single belt, and then they went back to two separate world titles, and they brought back the big gold belt yeah, to be yeah, the world heavyweight championship. Because it's so iconic. Yeah, so I just, I mean, you see that belt, you know what it is. Yeah. I don't think there's anybody who can, you know, see a picture of that belt or something and be like, what's that? No, that's the world heavyweight championship. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, next one for me, uh, I, I don't know, this one may surprise you, the Intercontinental title. Okay. Like, the one they have now, the one that uh, Macho Man had, you know, not the oval shit, I hated that belt, <laughs> with the purple strap, I'm like, what the hell are you doing, oh, why one, do you mess with perfection? Yeah, the one that, like, I know The Rock had, or Ken Shamrock, yeah. and all this and that, yeah, no, that one, yeah, yeah. I was never, never a fan of that belt, but the design they have now... You know, I'm not fond of the white strap. I like the old school black strap on mm -hmm. it. But yeah, the, the Intercontinental title is one of my favorites. Um, then another one, uh, number four on my list. Actually, I'm kind of going backwards. This is number two on my list. Is that bad boy sitting right there, which is known as the Hogan 85. And uh, dig it. Yeah, the belt that Hogan carried into the very first WrestleMania. Yeah. That design didn't last very long because apparently Vince McMahon was not real fond of that design because it looked too similar to the Jim Crockett belts. You know, that's the same plate shape as like the the old TV title. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. stuff like that. So that one did not last. And that was also the last belt that had the names of all the previous champions uh, engraved on the side plates. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And I did not know that. And uh, also the last one for a while that had the champion's name on the front with the, the nameplate, because for a long time WWF didn't do that. Yeah, no, that was... Uh, <clears throat> until uh, They didn't really do that until the Undisputed Championship came around and when they made the single belt to represent... You know, WWE, WCW, yeah. And, uh, yeah, number one for me, this bad boy right here, 10 pounds of gold, NWA World Heavyweight Championship, uh, right now held by Nick Aldis, uh, but... That's a belt that was held by Harley Race, by Ric Flair. Uh, I know that was the first time I ever saw it was when Ric Flair had it. Mm -hmm. Dusty, Dusty Rhodes held that belt. Just a lot of... And, you know, this actually represents... I mean, the lineage goes back to 1905. You know, the original World Heavyweight Championships lineage was continued into the NWA. So, like, technically, if you want to get real technical, technical about it, it's the same title that 
uh, Frank Gotch and George Hackenschmidt held and you know Hackenschmidt. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that yeah, that's that's my five minutes. My my favorite. That right that's here. that's super awesome. I can't you know uh, again. I knew we'd end up having very similar things. Um, of course, I got the eagle belt on my list. Again, I, I haven't gone through, like like I'm saying, this is my number one, this is my number... I'm just saying, like, I just list. I picked up five. Eagle yeah. belt, WCW belt, again, the gold. You can't mess with that. Holy shit! And that is the doorbell, so we're going to take a pause for the... Okay. Uh, all yeah. right, we're back. Sorry about that. Yeah, I think I left off on uh, WCW belt, the yes. big gold belt. Mm -hmm. I also had the IC belt. Okay. But I had it multicolor. I love the fact when they had the the. Oh, like when the warrior had it. When yeah. Come out with the yellow strap and the, the the sky blue or you know even now I like the white strap even the classic black you know but icy belt again yeah like why would you mess with perfection that belt is. Yeah, that's why I was so happy when they went back to the old yeah. design when Cody Rhodes had that belt. Yeah, I think that was superb. That belt you they should never change that. Just leave it be. Um, these next two. Again, this one's my feeling. Is the WCW belt spray painted with NWO? Ah, okay. When they did that, it it showed such a disrespect to it, but it was so cool because you're like, wait, what did they just did they just put spray paint on that belt? Yeah, it's just I remember I, I know you were an NWO fan. I was mm -hmm. uh, on the other side of that one. I hated the original NWO at the time. I was like, what the hell are they doing? You can't, you're, that, that's the world title, and they're spray painting it. Yeah, and that was like so phenomenal to me, the fact that you can go online and buy a spray painted belt. And to me, like, it, what it signified for the era and the change and the fact that it was Hogan doing it was like, I think, added to it, to the Aurora, the. Aura, right? Am I saying that word right? Yeah. Uh, of the NWO. That they disrespected something that is world-renowned, knowing what mm -hmm. the hell that stood for, and then they just put the NWO all over it? I was like, man, that is so cool. So it, it's the same belt, but different. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Um, and then for my other belt, I think it was very underused, is the Undisputed title. Yeah, I, I was always a big fan of that belt. I liked that design a lot. I, I thought it, it looked cool. I mean, it kind of harkened back to this a slightly, if you look at it. Mm -hmm. It's got a little bit of it's just the black, the gold, the design. But the fact that, that like they took, they unified the two belts and made an undisputed belt. It's yeah. like That's the only time there was ever an undisputed belt when it came to, well, to my knowledge, the WWE, which is, of course, the biggest wrestling company in the world. Yeah, exactly. So for them to say something, this is an undisputed world heavyweight champion, and they used it for like I think nine months. Yeah, it was yeah. barely around, and it was like um, they could have ran with that a little bit more. Yeah, it, well, it, I mean, uh, Brock had it when he because uh, he was the one that had it, and then it was during the brand split. He said, "Well, I'm only gonna wrestle on SmackDown now." That's when they brought back the World Heavyweight Title with Triple H on Raw. Well, yeah. So I mean, Brock still carried that same belt, but it wasn't undisputed anymore. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Is like I wanted it to be undisputed. That's what I. I think about it, um, you know, and then when and when Cena won it, of course, that's when they changed it to the crap sack spinner belt. Uh, so ridiculous. Wait, at the time, it was cool. The spinner belt was cool when they first brought it out. You know what? I, I got to be honest. I liked when he had the U.S. title spinner belt. Yeah, that I thought was cool too. But they kept that damn spinner belt for what twelve years? 
Well, I mean, yeah, everybody had to, the, the everyone had the spinner belt. Edge wore it. Um, I mean, you know, CM Punk hated lugging that thing around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was just ridiculous. That, that I don't want to say it's the worst belt ever, but it's pretty damn close. Oh, I, I'll say that was the, the worst <laughs> belt ever. I mean, I, just damn. Yeah, it was it was not good. But yeah, the undisputed belt as the title, I felt it should have got a little more. Yeah, I th- I always thought the spinner belt should have been strictly John Cena's belt. Like yeah. when, he, when he lost the title, they should have went back to the undisputed belt. Or yeah, something. It's just like they did. Like uh, Rock had his belt, Austin had his belt. Mm-hmm. You know, that's cool. They want to do stuff like that, but yeah, the spinner belt just uh. yeah. <laughs> uh, was that that's your five? Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's okay, cool. Here. So then I guess all we got left here is uh, top five to never hold the world heavyweight championship. This should get interesting, folks. All right. Because uh, one of them's me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, who's going first here? Um, that would be me, I guess, because, yeah, you did the belts. All right. Okay. I'm going to go with one I think we both have. I'm going to say Jake the Snake Roberts. Yes, absolutely. Um, in the 80s there, if WWF wasn't so hung up on Hogan, a feud with him and Hogan... And him like catching Hogan with a DDT outside the ring and rolling him in and getting a pin. Oh yeah, that was or something like that, like a dirty pin, so Hogan doesn't actually lose. Legit, like oh, he hit him outside. Yeah, like Hogan still looks strong, but you know. Yeah. Oh man, Jake, and then his mic skills, and then running around with the, you know, with the python and I mean, come on. Yeah. That would have been awesome, and and he was deserving. I mean, of course, he had a problem. But uh, yeah, and I th- I think that's probably why he never was because like we were talking about before, you know, the the promotion, the owners, whatever, they have to be able to count on you. You know, you have to be not just over with the crowd. You got to be able to go out there night after night after night reliably. Yeah, and and, and Jake wasn't at the time, but great performer. He's you know inspired a lot of people in the ring, outside the ring, with his. Uh, resurgence in life, so oh yeah, you know, big ups to Jake the Snake. Um, another person with problems, Scott Hall. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Um, had the charisma, had the in skill ring, had mic skills. Could have been. I could you like e- oh, even yeah. um, before the switch to WCW. Him yeah, he- him, him feuding with Bret Hart. Yeah, Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels or even Kevin Nash as Diesel, yeah. any of that it would have it would have worked. Those four guys could have passed that title around between the four of them for years. Yeah, I mean, it, it, he had it. It just it's a damn shame he never got it. Mm-hmm. And even in WCW, like when they had the NWO split and Nash was champion, if all you know. Yeah, I mean, he had he had a couple of title matches in WCW. Ended up getting like screwed out of it or whatever, but. Yeah, he ne- never got the strap, so another that's another sentimental guy. Um, Owen Hart. Now, see, I thought about putting him on my list. I didn't, mm-hmm. just because he didn't have his he didn't get to have his full career. Because there is no doubt, Triple H has even said, I think Vince McMahon probably has even acknowledged, he would have been world champion had he not passed away. He would have been world champion within the year. Yeah. So I I put him down as like an honorable mention on my list because I think, honest to God, had he not, you know, had that accident not happened, he would have had that belt. 
Yeah, I mean, that, that I think so. Um, I definitely think there might have been an angle they could have put him on here a little early. You know, give him a, a little run just to test the waters. Yeah. Because you knew he was good in ring. On the mic, like... I am not a nugget. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> he, 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 he was that heel. So... You know, just out of respect, I think he, he definitely could have had it. Mm-hmm. Um, someone else, Kurt Henning. I hate to correct you, mm-hmm. he was a world champion. Where? In the AWA. Uh, <laughs> see, I knew I'd get caught up. I No, I almost put him on my mind. I'm like, oh, no, wait a minute. He was champion in AWA. So he was world champion for AWA. Yeah. See? See? I didn't know that. Yep, that was before. The encyclopedia. That was before his WWE run, long before he was in WCW. But yeah, but I, I remember before him before he was Mister Perfect. Well, yeah, I remember him tag teaming with Scott Hall. Yeah, they were the AWA tag team champions. Yeah, I remember that. I didn't know he was a singles champion before yeah. that. Well, hot damn. Well then, um, <laughs> let me think of somebody else off. Um, shit, I can't think off the top of the head. But um, the other person I had on the list who, God, I hope I don't get shot down on this one is Arn Anderson. Yeah. Yeah, no, he was never an individual world champ. Okay, thank God. Because <laughs> could you imagine in even 80s, NWA, WCW, whatever, he's at a match protecting Ric Flair's back. Mm-hmm. And he walks out. Flair still retains the title. What do you do? Arn flips on him. And it's Arn Anderson versus Ric Flair. Oh, yeah. They, Th- they, they couldn't. Be- they couldn't do that because the horsemen were too hot. I know, but I just, I mean... At any point. I mean, even... It's just that that would be amazing. I mean, Arn Anderson all around is one of the best ever. I mean, his promos were ridiculously good. He didn't have to be the screaming, yelling guy. You know, he could get in there and say what he needed to say and make you believe it without getting all animated and, you know, shit like that. And you, you know what it is? He's he's Scottie Pippen to Michael Jordan. Yeah, exactly. He never got the limelight he, he deserved because Arn Anderson, I think, could have been. Not that he isn't. But because he was a four horseman with Ric Flair, mm-hmm. and being in there with Flair, if it was four horsemen and it wasn't Flair at the top, oh yeah, Arn Anderson would have took the reins. Um, like I mean, you said, even even today, Arn Anderson, he's still he's a producer for WWE. You know, still putting matches together and all that kind of shit. And I mean, he's one of the best. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, I cannot disagree with with that at all. I, it's just funny to me that he, I, I think about his matches like he. Such a great in-ring performer, and like you said, he got on the mic, boom, laid it out there, and I could just envision. I mean, he's the one that coined the phrase Four Horsemen" for him and Flair and Blanchard and Ole Anderson. Yeah. And his spine buster was phenomenal. Oh God, yeah, that was that was <laughs> another one I considered putting on my list of yeah. finishers. I love the spine buster. Yeah, that that. Would... And that's an, that's another one. There's a few guys that have a really good spine buster now. Triple H has a ridiculous spine buster. Yeah, he's, he's learned well, hasn't he? Yeah, I'm sure he probably learned it straight from Arn Anderson. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't fucking doubt it, you know? Um, all right, so my my top five, never been world champion. We got a, some some similarities here. Uh, Scott Hall, mm-hmm. you know, Jake, uh, got Arn Anderson on my list. Well, I, I'm kind of surprised you, you didn't throw this guy in there. Roddy Piper. <sighs> I... Because I couldn't remember correctly, but I'm like, didn't he technically win in WCW? No, he was never officially world champion. I thought he was. That's why I wasn't. He had the belt at one point, but he had, like, taken it from Hogan. Okay, that's why I was confused. I couldn't remember my history, so I was like, 
I don't want to put Piper on there, and instead I put Kurt Henning, and he won one. Son of a bitch. <laughs> and then, uh, like I said, I put Owen Hart in parentheses as like an honorable mention because I I firmly believe he would have been champion. Mm-hmm. You know, had had his career not got cut short. Uh, but my last guy, th- this one I think is gonna throw you a little bit. Dustin Rhodes. Really? Yeah. Gold dust. Gold dust. Look at how long this guy has been in the game. From started when he was a kid in WCW as the natural Dustin Rhodes, and you know went went through there. He was you know held the U.S. title and tag titles. I think he was TV champ. You know, never world champion. Went to WWE. He was Intercontinental champion and tag champion, and and all this stuff. Never world champion. Went back to WCW. Is never world champion. Went to TNA for a little while. Never world champion. Still going today. Yeah. And you know he, I think when he first started in the business, he got a lot of crap, and I don't think he was ever given the credit he deserves because he's Dusty's son. You know, and there, I think that he got he got a lot of that. Oh, he's just getting pushed because he's Dusty's kid, and Dusty was the booker mm-hmm. for WCW for so long, and shit like that. But. Honestly, go back and watch some of his old matches. Watch the progression of his career. He's good. He's very good. I I, I can't fault you on there. Um, I always felt that he was a very good in-ring performer. Of course, <coughs> Goldust persona has always been a little... Especially when he first, in the early 90s there, 93, 94. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was extreme. It's like, whoa, what is this guy? Yeah, well, he, he was really... He was the start of the Attitude Era. Yeah, I mean... He was. But yeah, he still is like you'd watch. I'd still watch his matches because he would put on a freaking performance. Yeah, the guy can wrestle. Um, so yeah, I was, I was, yeah, I never really thought about him. And I, I guess that's the thing. It's like, um, hell, I even think he's. It's just Dusty's son. He puts on a great show, but it's like, I never took him serious. I guess so. Yeah, as a I, fan, should, you know. And I mean, I don't think the gold dust gimmick helped with that. As far as being taken seriously, that's the thing. You don't see gimmick guys like that winning the top title anymore. No, right. even even back in the early, mid-90s there, <clears throat> when he was there, was he going to go over Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Stone Cold? Yeah, exactly. No, they're not going to put the belt on him. So I mean, it was the gimmick that held him back. You know, But I think when he left WWE and went to WCW during the Bischoff-Russo mm-hmm. era in there, you know... Believably, I mean, he was he was back as Dustin Rhodes, not some gimmick. I think he could have had a good run with the world title there, considering what they did at the end of WCW. There, yeah, I mean, because that was at the time Jeff Jarrett was coming up. He, oh, you know, wow. and uh, I mean, not coming up, but coming up in WCW, he, just, he had also just left WWE, and he was the quote unquote chosen one, and he was about to have his first title run, and you know, stuff like that. He. Yeah, he could have had a good a good run there as world champion. He just never, never got the opportunity. No, I did that. I, that might have helped the company if they had him against a Jeff Jarrett at the time against DDP mm-hmm. for the title. You know. Yeah. But yeah, we'll never know. Right. And I doubt, no offense, Goldust, that you're ever getting a title run. Yeah, probably not now. Definitely be in the Hall of Fame one day, but I, I'm not seeing him as Universal Champion anytime soon. No, next Universal Champion's going to be tonight, I think. I guess. I'm calling it right now Strowman. Yeah, you know what? Brock. 
Yeah, God, I hope not. I know. You know, he's. I think they're shooting for him having this title and hopefully winning the UFC title. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Because supposedly he had a meeting with Vince McMahon earlier in the week, and you know, trying to work out details to work for WWE and UFC at the same time. Yeah, so I they're there. I think they're gonna. I mean, I I know Vince wants to see him walk into the UFC into the octagon carrying the Universal title. And that's just. See, I don't know if Dana White would allow that. Well, no. That's my whole thing. Because, yeah, everyone knows this is... I mean, Dana White craps on pro wrestling so much, he's going to let one of his top guys walk in there holding a wrestling belt? Yeah, no, I don't... I can't see that happening, but, hey, weirder shit has happened, so who knows? Yes, this is life. But, uh, so, yeah, I think that's pretty much all we got. Uh, We've gone through all of our lists here, top fives, and it was sad. Yeah, man, that was fun. Yeah, I gotta say, I haven't uh, done it in a while. It's been good. Um, and uh, just for the record, top five baby faces of all time Hulk Hogan, Dusty Rhodes, Sting, Steve Austin, and Bruno San Martino. Ah, <laughs> uh, Cena. And possibly Ricky Steamboat. <laughs> I, well, think about it. Ricky Steamboat was a baby face his entire career. Never once had a turn. Ever. That is true. You know, world champion a few times in the NWA. I mean, come on. It's Ricky Steamboat, man. He came back and wrestled at WrestleMania when he's in his 50s. I know, against Jericho, right? Yeah. That's insane. And made it a believable match. Like, you know, the rest of the guys that are in there with him, Jimmy Snuka and Roddy Piper, I mean, I, I love them, but damn. damn. <laughs> you know, but Steamboat could still go. Yeah, he could still make the clothesline look decent. He could still hit that, that big arm drag he always had, the, the body block off the top rope, the, cro- the flying cross body. Yeah. Oh, but anyway, man. so I think it's time to wrap this up here. SummerSlam is just starting, so uh, yeah, hope you guys like it. Uh, if you got any ideas of uh, you know who you think should be top five in any of these categories, you know, hey, drop drop me a message, leave some comments, whatever. So uh, yeah, I'll be finishing this show up sometime later on in the week, and it'll be posted uh, well a week from today, whatever that is, the August twenty sixth. So yeah, hope everybody enjoyed. Talk to you guys soon. Deuces.